Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will hey, Andrew. Hello there, Edwin. We talked yesterday about the fool. The fool who said in his heart there is no God? That's the one. That's the fool. Today, though, we're going to have to look in the mirror a little bit. Kind of scares me. Okay. (laughs) Let's read Psalm 14 again. This is from New King James. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. They have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge, who eat up my people as they eat bread and do not call on the Lord? There they are in great fear, for God is with the generation of the righteous. You shame the counsel of the poor, but the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that the salvation of Israel would come out of Zion. When the Lord brings back the captivity of his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. Mm-mm-mm. It starts low so it can go high, I guess. <laughs> well, a lot of the Psalms do that. We, I think that's very important for us to recognize. I think we mentioned it last week as we talked about Psalm 13, where it started at that place of isolation and yeah, loneliness, absolutely. but ended up at a place of great faith. Mm-hmm. And, and this is one of the things that we have to recognize in the Psalms, even when we are seeing Psalms that do not get back to the place of faith. And the, the great example of that is Psalm 88 which we won't get to this year. But even with that, there is the fact that the prayer is being offered to God. And what that is, is a great example of faith. So Mm -hmm. even in these Mm -hmm. Psalms, where we start low, as you, you said in jest just a moment ago, we start low. Actually, even at that point, what we have is a bedrock foundation of faith. I believe in God. I believe God is trustworthy. I may not understand why he's acting the way he's acting, and I may not understand why he's doing what he's doing. I may not understand why he's allowing the fool to continue on. I may not understand why, because yesterday we said we're, we're kind of confused about what's the label on this one. Right. Yeah. And, we were talking about there's certainly the wisdom literature element of this, contrasting true wisdom with the foolishness. There's also a little bit of a lament. Okay. And the lament is, I look around and all I see is a bunch of sinners. Mm-hmm. Everyone's mm-hmm. a sinner and the sinners are, well, prospering. they're shaming the poor and they're prospering themselves. They're shaming the poor. They're putting them down. But salvation is going to come. So yeah. there's there's the lament, but then there's the praise at the end. And so we, we struggle you got a lot this. of the messianic too. Messianic too yeah, we got gonna, that. We're, we're going to get there. Get, in, get into that. So. We sure are. In fact, I hope to talk about that maybe on Friday. Well, Friday's but, a good day for Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. We're gonna, well, it starts low. We're going to build up. So today, yeah. kind of looking at this lament, and it really becomes a very personal lament. So talking about the fool in the mirror. You said you wanted to, to, to look in the mirror a little bit. So yesterday we were talking about the fool says in his heart, 
there is no God. And this idea of atheism, of saying that uh, no higher power, no justice, no judgment. And really, we were talking about other people because we were talking about the educated and the successful. So that's not ourselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> We were saying that uh, those that uh, attain to a a great degree, uh, particularly in academic fields today, sadly, uh, many of them do subscribe to a philosophy of of Darwinian evolution or, you know, something similar that says there is no God. And that's not where we are. More and more, the people who say, I believe in a God and a creator, they kind of get marginalized in those same circles of influence. And while the world lifts that up as true wisdom, we recognize, scripturally speaking, it's not. For, for all the human and earthly wisdom they have, and again, I'm not saying we can't learn things from folks there, but there's a fundamental folly. Mm-hmm. And what happened yesterday was, while well, I read this first line, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Well, I have never said that. I have never in my entire life, in my heart, in my mind, in my soul, or in my mouth, other than quoting this, said There is no God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so the very first line can set me up on this mountaintop of pride and arrogance to look down upon all those fools that are out there Mm -hmm. who have said there is no God. But then I keep reading. Yeah, because it's not just that statement, there is no God. There's all of this picture of what this fool looks like. These people look like, and sadly, we might be seeing a fool in the mirror. Well, they are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. It's still at that line. I'm wanting to say, no, no, no. I mean, I know. I, I haven't been perfect. I haven't done everything right. But I've never done anything abominable. Surely, surely I've not done anything abominable. Well, let's just talk about that for a second because <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you're going to point out all the abominable things I've done. Well, I mean, I, I work with you. No, I, <laughs> no. What 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 we got going on here though is uh, I would never say there is no God, but if my standard of what is righteous versus what is abominable is my own. And not God's, okay? Uh, the, 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 the end effect might be, but I, but I, I kind of have said there is no God because I'm the one that's going to sit in judgment and say, this is abominable, this is fine. You know, like you said, I mean, I'm not perfect, but I'm not abominable. Well, are you making that pronouncement or is the righteous, holy God making that pronouncement? Wow. I'm just going to read the next line. <laughs> okay. There is none who does good. That probably answers your question. (laughs) There is none who does good. Mm. In other words, everyone has done something abominable, which means you're right. What I have done is I have set myself up as the judge. And I look at, look, I I know I, I haven't done everything just right, but I haven't done anything abominable. But God says, no, no, no one's done good, which means, yes, Edwin. You have done abominable things. Well, many of us have sinned in tongue, told a lie. And, uh, you know, that is something that is particularly evil in the sight of the Lord. It sure is. Yeah. Yeah. Abominable. In fact, we, we've actually, I think, got a Bible verse that says <laughs> liars have their place in the fire. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I've done that. I have done that. I have lied. I have done the abominable. The abominable. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. What's the response to that? 
they have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. And, and again, as if saying it once wasn't enough, there is none who, has, who does good. Not even one. So as we're kind of putting this together, instead of pointing the finger at someone else and saying, you're the fool, all of this, um, uh, I don't know, superlative language, (laughs) absolute language, uh, says, don't be so quick. You're included in this. I'm included in this. Uh, Yeah. I'm the fool. I'm the fool. Who are you calling a fool? I'm calling you a fool, Edwin. That's that's what David is writing down there. I'm calling you the fool. You have said in your heart, there is no God. Maybe you haven't said those words. Maybe that's not been your avowed declaration, Edwin. But, and you, man, Andrew, you just really nailed it a minute ago. When I want to make myself the judge of my own deeds, I have basically said, there is no God greater than me. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I may believe that God's out there, but, but when I get to be my own judge, I'm, I'm just asserting. He's not greater than me. He does not have the authority over me. And this causes me to circle back to something we just mentioned in passing uh, on the, in the conversation yesterday. And that was the disavowal of the true God uh, in, in comparison to idols, mm-hmm. right? And so in the original context of the, the writing of this psalm, you've got, by and large, all societies worshipped the gods. And we know around Israel, the Baals and the Asherahs, they were popular gods, mm-hmm. goddesses. Mm-hmm. But they were the creation of men. It's it's the same thing, practically speaking, to say, well, I, you know, I, I worship a different God, and, and I'm, I'm going to go with those uh, moralities or practices or, or worship, what have you. And, and you get to the same place. Philosophically, you're saying, why? Well, I, I still believe in deities or higher powers. But if they're idols, if they're false gods, you, you still end up in this, I, I've been seeking another way. I have turned aside. When I follow gods that have been made up by man, I am actually still saying I am the highest god. Exactly. Because I'm the one that created the gods. Exactly. Rather than I am the one created by God. Yes. And that that actually gets us to a passage that uses this psalm, and that's Paul. I mean, mm. if, if, if you think that I am overstating what is being said in this psalm, I didn't come up with this on my own. I, if I had just read this psalm all on my own, I probably would have kept it at the level of, well, I'm just talking about all those fools out there. Look at all those fools out there. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously not talking about me. I'm talking right. about all those fools right. out there. But Paul— when he wrote his letter to the Romans, mm-hmm. he, he walks through this argument that highlights Gentiles and Jews both have abandoned the Lord God. And he gets to Romans chapter 3, and he lists a, a series of passages, and this is one of them in Romans chapter 3 and verse 10. As it is, Well, let me back up because verse 9 says, What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. Mm-hmm. All, all Jews all. and Greeks are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. All of that is from this psalm. 
He goes ahead and quotes beyond this, their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood and their paths are ruin and misery and the way of peace they haven't known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. But then here's the key, verse 19. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. Here's why that verse is important. Because it's including the Psalms and the prophets in the the general statement of law. So when he uses law here, he's not just referring to Genesis through Deuteronomy. He's referring to the covenant and all the covenant literature. And he says, what that said, it speaks to those who are under the law. And what the Jews wanted to do was read Psalm 14 and say, oh, that's about the Gentiles. Because they say there's no God. They believe in all these other gods. But Paul is saying, no, these things were written for us. Yeah. These things were written for us who claim we believe in God, talking about the Jews. But then, but I need to apply it to me. I want to read this Psalm and talk about all the fools out there. But where I end up is, no, wait, I am a sinner. I have said in my heart, there is no God. I am the fool. This is one of those passages that the Holy Spirit through Paul uses to demonstrate our need, everyone's need for a savior. Yeah. I've been the fool. I've been the sinner. I have strayed. And perhaps in my arrogance, I've wanted to say, well, no, not me. Everyone except me. Mm-hmm. But Paul makes it so clear. No, you, you need a savior. You're in desperate need of a savior. It starts low. To take us high. That's right. We're going to be talking about that. It's exactly right. So what we have is a psalm that says, as wise as I think I am, I'm a fool. Mm. But let's turn to wisdom. Yeah. And we don't have time to talk about that today. We'll have to get into that in well, conversation. Another conversation dropping tomorrow. And uh, we'd love to know what you're learning as you read along with us, Psalm 14 or other scriptures. Send us an email, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Edwin, why don't we have a word of prayer? Holy God, all wise, all knowing God, forgive us because we are fools. So many times we've played mind games where we think that simply because we give lip service to you, we're okay. But the reality is again and again and again, I have set myself up as God and acted as if there is no higher God than my standard of judgment and what I want. So Lord God, I pray that you would forgive me. You are a merciful and compassionate God who forgives iniquity and transgression and sin, who forgives folly. And I pray that you would forgive us. And Lord, I'm so excited that even though we're not able to talk about it today, that I know there is forgiveness and there is salvation coming from Zion that we'll get to talk about later. Thank you so much for your son, Jesus, who was the one wise who did not sin, but went to the cross for us. Thank you so much for that salvation. May we pass the message of that along to everyone we know and see. Lord, we love you so very much. Thank you for loving us first. Through your Son, Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day.
know, that's called good radio there when it's a cliffhanger. <laughs> you, you give them a reason to listen again. <laughs> We messed that up because we told him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs>